Welcome to the Community Hope Podcast. We exist to share hope with more people in more places. For more information on this podcast or our church, please visit communityhope.org. Now stay tuned for our Sermon of the Week. I don't wish to waste my life on futile matters. On the whisper of mist that is most men's days. For those who do, I say, do not concede to that of stone. The fight that is before us is but the calling to awaken one's soul. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in us all. Well, today, I told you that today would be church like you've never experienced it before. I hope that we can deliver on that. But today, we are starting a new series entitled Warrior. And uh, I, I got I to kind of, kind of confess to you guys today. Um, it's a story that I'm not really proud of, uh, but it happened. I, I, was a, I think I was a, um, a junior in high school, and uh, me and another guy, his name was Jason Gingrich, and we were, we were friends. We were kind of friends because we shared the same birthday. We were on the basketball team together. Um, but we kind of, you know how guys are. We just still kind of mess with each other every once in a while. Well, he was sitting at his desk trying to do some work. And the rest of us were just kind of standing around, milling around. And I had this rubber band. And I don't know why, but I just started flicking it and popping him in the back of the neck while he's trying to do his work. I know, it was uncalled for, but what are you going to do? I was 17. And he goes, like, stop it, stop it. And I was like, oh, this is funny. You know how guys are? Pop, so pop, and pop again. He's like, hey, stop it, pop. He just kept getting more irritated. The more irritated he got, the funner it was. Pop. Finally, he just snapped. And he, he got up from his desk and went, roar, put his arm out, hit me in the neck, and knocked me straight to the ground. And I'm now laying on the ground, and I'm looking up at the sea of people. And this one cute girl, I was really trying to impress, she was like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, oh, boy, this ain't going to go down like this. I came flying up, and I'm just arms flailing at Jason. And I'm just boom, boom, punch, punch. And he's flailing back, and he's just, like, screaming and yelling. And all of a sudden, this is when the teacher dives in, you know. And he separates the whole thing, and I'm just like, okay, I've defended my honor. Okay, I'm good. Well, then we got punished. And my teacher, he was, ooh, he was an evil genius. Because he thought, I could suspend you, I could notify your parents, but I'm going to do one better. I'm going to put you guys in detention, and you can get out of detention once you've written me a two-page essay on why fighting isn't the answer. That was the worst punishment you could have possibly gave us. Because here's the other ironic thing. We had desks right next to each other. So him and I, we're sitting there, and we're trying to write these essays. Well, see, I don't know if you know how guys are. Once we throw punches, and we're over it. We've moved on, okay? We're, we're over it. We're buddies again. Like, we're joking, laughing. Ah, I can't believe we have to do this. Like, this is so stupid. We both just filled that paper with two pages of lies. Because we didn't believe it. We didn't buy it. What do you mean fighting doesn't solve anything? Solved it for us. We're over it. Like, we're friends again. Now the teacher is the enemy, you know? And we're buddies again. And so it's like, I just, I didn't buy it. I honestly, I didn't buy it in that moment. And, and I'm going to tell you today that I still don't buy it today. I'm not necessarily talking about a physical fist fight. But you know what, see, was interesting, because I went to a Christian school, and I went to church, and it seemed like we were always, you know, fighting's bad. You don't ever fight, you don't fight with anybody, fighting's bad. Because it's like, there was a lot of, lot of macho, masculine places for me, but church was not one of them. Because it seemed like we were trying to train men that the highest thing you could achieve was just being a nice guy. Like, that was the best. That was the best thing that we tried to train men up to be, was just be a nice guy. 
Just come, sit in a pew, give some money in the offering, you know, volunteer for a thing here and there, but we just need a bunch of nice guys. That's all we need. And what I didn't realize is that we were actually suppressing something that goes deep within a man. It's the desire to be a warrior, that we truly desire to be a warrior. And I can, I can show you to you in so many different ways. There are three men in my house. One's 43, one's 17, and one is two. And we are all three fascinated with superheroes. All three of us. I love playing with my son. He's got Hulk and he's got Iron Man. We're just like colliding and we're just, we're having a blast. I'm having just as much fun as he is because there's something deep, innate within a man that we want someone to protect. We want a cause that's worth fighting for. But unfortunately in the church, we've been told that no, we just need you to be a nice guy. And we've not trained men to be men. And it comes across in so many different ways, we don't even realize we're doing it. Do you realize we did it today? We did, we did it today. I'll bring the lyrics to that song back up, would you? The last one we sang? Yeah, go, go to that. <laughs> I want to sit at your feet. Did every man in this room get a little creepy at this, at this line? I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heartbeat. Every man in the room is like, I'm supposed to do this with Jesus? I'm a little creeped out by this right now. So you couldn't admit it. I'm saying what every man in the room secretly thought, okay? I thought, surely a woman wrote this song. I looked it up. No, it's a man. A man wrote this song. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to get too off. But, but we, we live in a culture that's never been more confused when it comes to the role of a man and the role of a woman. We've never been more confused, Ever. And so I wanted to preach to men. But the, what, this is what I quickly, quickly realized. How many of you in the room are not a man? Okay. I realized really quickly that if I was only going to preach to men, I was going to alienate half of my congregation. And so I said, oh, we got to come with this a little bit different direction. And so I said, Diane, would you join me? Because I don't think God's just created men to be warriors. I think God's created women to be warriors as well. And men, you just got outshined right there in that moment. Because, again, see, for me, growing up, this was the picture that I saw of Jesus. Meek, mild Jesus. Meek and mild Jesus, that's what I always saw. But let me read to you a scripture verse. This is from Revelation. See if this description matches this guy. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Does that description sound to you like this guy? Now, first of all, you got a tattoo, be, be comfortable, because I just read you a scripture verse that says Jesus has a tattoo. You hear that part? Written on his robe and on his thigh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Moving right along. I believe that Jesus was the greatest warrior who ever lived. You can get rid of this picture. Jesus was the greatest warrior who ever lived. Men, let me talk to you for a minute. Jesus was the greatest 
warrior who ever lived, and we are made in the image of God. And it's time for men to stop thinking that we have to suppress our masculinity. It's time for us to stop listening to a culture that says our masculinity is toxic. It's time for us to raise up and to be men of God and to realize it's time to fight for the right thing in the right way. Man, I need all my men to stand up. Can we play along with me for a minute? Because even in this moment, you're like, Pastor, I'm not sure I really believe you. Am I really allowed to do this? Come on, man, I need you right now. Come on, give me a grunt. That, that was all right. Oh, we're getting somewhere now. Let's do it again. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Come on, say it with me. Say, I am a warrior. I am a warrior. I am a warrior. Thank you. I told you this would be like church you'd never experienced before. Look at the man next to you. Tell him, say, you're a warrior. Come on, give him a chest bump or something. Come on, let's just, we need to up the testosterone in this room, guys. Come on. All right, you can sit back down. Jesus is the greatest warrior who ever lived. And so this is what we're going to talk about today. I believe that God has given every warrior someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to fight. And so we're going to talk about that today, what that looks like for a man and what that looks like for a woman. <laughs> Has anybody realized that men and women are different? We live in a culture that's trying to tell you that ain't true. We live in a culture that says you can just wake up every day and say, well, I guess I'll be a woman today. I guess I'll be a man today. Do you realize how crazy that is? We've never been more confused on this, guys. Never been more confused. So I think we need to understand the, this perspective of the creator. What does the creator say about us? Because he created us very, very differently. And what we want to talk about through this series is that we, we can either collide through that or we can learn how to fight alongside each other against the common enemy instead of fighting each other. That's our objective in this series. So from the men's perspective, really quick, let's talk about this. God has given us someone to protect. I want to show you a verse. This is from Nehemiah. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. From that day on, half of the men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and arrows. The workers did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. Men, this is what we're called to do. We're called to have a work in one hand and a weapon in the other because God has called men to protect. God has called us to protect. And here's how I'll just show you, okay? God forbid something happened tonight. Men, if someone broke into your house, there would be a lion that would rise up in you. There would be a warrior that would rise up in you. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. You would grab something. You would grab a broom. You would grab a lamp. You would grab something and say, oh, we ain't going down like this. You would rise up to fight. I know you would. No doubt. Because there's a protector inside of you. There's a protector inside of you that wants to protect. And again, as a culture, we've tried to downplay this. And it's just not fair. It's just not right. God has called us to give us someone to protect. And I want to ask you, are you willing to do that? Don't just be willing. See, I know you'd be willing to die for your family. But I'm going to ask you is, would you be willing to live for them? 
I know you're willing to die for them. I had no doubt in my mind growing up that if anything ever happened, my dad was going to throw down. I just knew it. Now, fortunately, that never, we never had to prove that, but I knew that. I knew that if I was with my dad, I was safe because there was a protector in him. He was a protector, and God has given us someone to protect. But let me ask you, is not just are you protecting them physically. Are you protecting them in other ways? Are you protecting them financially? I know there's something in men that want to be a provider, and I know that you get up every single day and work hard to provide, but then when it comes to spending the money, do you protect them? Do you make wise choices when it comes to spending the money? See, again, see the example I saw growing up, I knew every decision my dad made, family came first. My dad didn't buy stuff for himself because family came first. See, that's a challenge for me because there's times when I'm really tempted to be selfish when it comes to money. Am I protecting my family financially? Am I protecting them emotionally? Because see, the same thing about, about a man is that there's, there's times when I'll collide and I'll just, roar, you know, Hulk comes out in me. And all of a sudden I realize I've left damage because of that strong thing that came up inside of me. And I think, men, one of the most powerful things that you can go back and do is say this, I am so sorry. That's how you protect their hearts emotionally. We're, we're going to screw up. We're going to lose it. <laughs> we're going to make mistakes. But will you own that and go, I, you know what? I didn't protect your heart in that moment. I am so sorry. Would you be willing to say that to your bride, your, your girlfriend, your sister, your whatever that, whoever that is in your life, when you go back and you would actually own that and say, I didn't protect you in that moment. And I'm sorry. Are you protecting the people around you spiritually? Are you leading them? Are you modeling for them the behavior that you'd like to see in them? Because men, God has given us someone to protect. And guess what? We do that differently than women do. But women, God's called you as a warrior with someone to protect. And so now, this is where I'm going to shut up and let my wife talk for just a minute. But before I do that, I just want to show you in case you're curious, Community Hope is a part of the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God believes in ordaining women. Okay, so in case there was any confusion on that, some churches don't. Some churches say, nope, women, you don't have no voice in the church. That's not the denomination that you're a part of. That's why you see her on the stage today, because I believe that she has something very powerful to say to you today. So without any further ado, my bride, Diane. Thank you. Okay, I'm just going to cry just to get out of the way because I always do this. But um, I just wanted to say that Jesus was not only the greatest warrior that ever lived. He is the greatest warrior that lives. And um, so I was just looking up the word um, warrior in the Bible. And there's a verse that says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And... Um, there's a name that I want to teach you today. It's Jehovah Milkamah. Can we say that together? Jehovah uh, Milkamah. And the reason I always look up Hebrew names for God is that I feel like when the battle is fierce, I need to know specifically that God is there for me. And ladies, I wrestled with this topic of warrior. Because here I am crying. I don't look very strong. But I'll tell you this. 
I feel like as women, many of us have struggled. Many of us have been kicked down, oppressed. Um, and that's just the truth. But Jesus loves us. And that's where I have to start is our identity. If we don't know that he loves us so much that he gave his life for us, then our strength will come from what the world says a woman should be. I think it's hilarious. Around Christmas time, I find that I turn on the TV to the Hallmark Channel and I watch all of those ridiculous Christmas stories, you know, and it's happily ever after and, and life is just wrapped up in this beautiful bow. And lately I've been finding that I've been falling asleep to those stories. And I'm like, well, am I just tired or what? I'm not convinced that that's real life. It's kind of boring because that's not where I live, you know? And... Um, so I want to tell us today, all of you ladies, that um, God made us to be tender. God made us to be industrious, ingenuitive. He made us to care for other people. And all those, all those descriptions may feel soft, but they're not. The world needs what we have to give. Amen. Amen. And I think about this story from the New Testament when Jesus was with the adulterous woman and they had thrown her out into the square and all the men had the stones in their hand and they, and they were ready to stone her. And then they said to, to Jesus, what do you have to say about this? And he says, let the, the first man who's without sin cast the first stone. And of course, we know that they all drop those stones one at a time, and it's, it's a dramatic picture of how no one was able to judge that woman except for the one that was looking at her, Jesus. And he said, woman, where are they? Um, and can anyone condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And then he says, go and sin no more. Ladies, that is the picture of Jesus Jehovah Milkamah, God, the warrior who loves you, who fiercely fights for you. And so we have been called to love. And I think about little girls and how so many of them, their first toy is a doll. And they're, they're uh, practicing loving this little baby. For me, I grew up in a home where I had three brothers and so for them to allow me to play with them, a lot of times I had to play with matchbox cars or Legos. But even though I didn't really have a big desire to play with cars, I would because I wanted to have relationship. And that's how we are. We, we want to um, show love to others, and we want to be loved and we have this desire to make things beautiful. We have a desire to be beautiful. And, and that's just part of our makeup. And I want to challenge each one of you today that you are beautiful. No matter if you feel like when you look in the mirror that that, that reflection is beautiful, you bring something beautiful to this world that no one else can. Amen. And Jesus created you to 
be different than your male counterpart. And it's okay. And I'm not saying that we don't have physical strength because last Sunday, I'm going to tell you a story because my friends in the audience, I'm telling it. So last Sunday, <laughs> it was super cold. And I had this little youth group meeting here for the worship team. And afterwards, my daughter was with me and she wanted to get something. So we went over to the uh, Dollar General and we run in there, and I just happened to see my friend, and, and so we're just talking, and I tried to get something that I thought was 90% off, because that's kind of how I am, and it wasn't, so I was like, oh, no, I can't have that. It's, it's only 50% off, and so anyway, <laughs> I run out of the store, and I, I literally had a purchase that was like $2, something really small, and we hop in our van, and click, 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 it won't start, and, and so I thought, Maybe I have the wrong keys because we have these two vans and they have similar keys. I try it again. Click, click, click. No, it's the battery. So I get out and I think, oh, my friend's still in there. So I run in there and I, and I go, hey, maybe we could call your husband to help us. And she's like, I can help you. So she comes out. It's so cold and she doesn't have gloves. I had little gloves, but she was suffering. And she, so she like pulls her car up and she's like, I have no idea how to do this. So she's calling her husband, and she's like, okay, so which one of these clamps do I put here and here? And, um, and then we're struggling even to get the hoods open. We're like, how do you do that? I had to call Brad, like, where is the button for the hood? And it was just kind of a ridiculous mess. But she was able to get my car started, and we drove away. And I felt victorious, okay? And it just... It just uh, proved to me that, like, women can do more than we think sometimes. So I just want to throw that out there as well, girls. We can do more. And so um, I just wanted to encourage you today that um, for us to truly love, we have to know that we're loved. If we do not know that we are loved, we can't truly love the right way. And so uh, with that... Why don't you tell us what, what the guys need to know? Okay. Um, well, and here's, here's what I, I want you to see just something just happened. Because just as men are tempted that we're supposed to suppress our masculinity, women, you're going to be tempted that you need to suppress your femininity. I, just about every single time I've ever been around a woman and she cried, she, what does the word she say? I'm sorry. Every time I say, Why? Why? Why are you sorry? We had missionaries here last week. I'm on the stage. She started crying. Afterwards, she came to me. She goes, I'm so sorry. Something rose up in me. I said, don't you dare apologize for that. I said, you get up on stages. You let your heart bleed. You get up there and let your emotion out. Why in the world do we have to apologize for tears? Women, why? No one can answer that for me. Because we're told that that's a part of us that we need to suppress. I'm here to tell you today that men can be men and women can be women and we can do it in a God-honoring way and we don't have to suppress who we are. That's what I want to set you free with that truth today. Yeah, come on. I think that's, if I have to ask for it, I'll ask for it. Because, and again, here's what I want you to see. I don't even know if you know this. Diane and I went to the same college together, okay? We got the same degree. We have the same ordination. We have the same qualifications, but yet, then she's still, at the time, she's tempted to fall back and, and downplay and, and, and push down what God's called her to do. And I don't think that's right. 
I don't think it's right for us to downplay what God's called us to do because God has something for all of us. And back to that phone call, the protector in me, I was in the car ready to go. I said, I'll be there. I'll get it fixed. You know, just let me know. Because <laughs> again, I'm trying to tell her where the, how you open the hood, but it's like, I don't know if we're going to get this worked out. But we got it worked out. God has given every warrior someone to protect, but he's also giving them a kingdom to advance. So I'm going to show you a scripture verse here in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them the power and the authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you today, men, God has called you to be a king. We serve the king of kings, but he's called you to be a king. I didn't get any amens on that because you're not even trained that, or that way, are you? Because, see, what we've been taught, trained, and educated is that a king suppresses other people. A king domineers and a king pushes other people down, not the king who serves the king of kings. No. In fact, when, G- in, when the curse happened in Genesis, he said this. He said, the woman will desire to control her husband, but the man will rule over her. That was a result of the curse. That was a result of the, of the fall of man. That's when men and women go toxic. As when men try to rule over women and women try to control men. We've both gone toxic. God's called you to be a king, but a godly king. A godly king looks different than a physical king. Because, yeah, just about every king or leader you've ever seen, they use their authority and their power to squash other people, but not a godly king. A godly king uses his power and authority to raise up other people and to empower other people and to speak life into other people. And I'm here to tell you, men, that if the king doesn't rise, the kingdom dies. It's time for men to rise up and be kings and to treat women like queens. It's time for rise up and to be a godly king. And stop thinking that, again, that this is something that we have to oppress. Because, and again, maybe you've not seen a good example of this. You probably haven't. Maybe you saw a really passive man in your house who all he wanted to do was watch football and drink beer and let mom take care of everything. Maybe that was the example that you saw was a passive king. Just let me sit on my throne and let everyone else serve me. Maybe you've seen an angry king. Maybe you've seen an abusive king. Maybe you've seen an, a bad model of what a man is supposed to look like. But it doesn't mean that we have to throw all the baby with the bathwater. Maybe you never had a man speak into your life telling you, warrior, you have what it takes. Here's what it means to fight for the right things in the right way. Maybe you've never seen any of that. It's time for us men to change the template. It's time for us to change the course for those people that we influence. It's time. And I'm so glad that that's already happening here at Community Hope. Every Wednesday night, I get together with a group of men, and we're training up young boys how to be men. And I'm so proud of those men, because we get together and we do macho manly things. We do. One night, we just tore a chicken apart, just because. We do. We just, we just teach young boys how to be men, because we're realizing that we have a kingdom to establish, and that's in the next generation, teaching them how to be godly men. Not men who oppress, not men who, who are passive, not men who are angry and abusive, men who use their strength to protect and to invest in other people and to use that, their leverage, for the kingdom of God. Okay, go. I'll, I'll wait for the ladies. I'll wait for the ladies. And so, let me again challenge you. How are you using your strength? How are you using your strength to invest in a kingdom that is eternal? Men do that differently than women. Diane, talk to us again. Okay, so 
um, there was this original series on Netflix called The Crown. Did anyone see that? It came out a few years ago. And anyway, it was about the um, Queen of England. And it, it's a very interesting kind of um, historical uh, show. And so uh, I was reading an article about that show, and the actress actually uh, was describing how heavy the crown that she had to wear for the filming of this uh, series, uh, how heavy that was to walk in. And so, ladies, just as men are called to be kings, we are called to be queens. And um, so I was thinking about how he, he talked about, like, defending the kingdom. And for us, we are defending the castle. And I was thinking about the way that m women are created. And we have, like, this internal to-do list all the time. In every situation, we're like, okay, this is how we're going to get it done. And if you are, have ever been a part of a committee, um, if you look around, there are a lot of women there, and they, they have a look on their face like, we are going to go to town and we're going to get this done. Even if you go to the kitchen, let's say we have a special fundraiser, and you look in that kitchen, the women know what they're doing. They, <laughs> they have a list. If it's not written out, it's mental. And that's how God created us that we would be able to um, not only think about one thing, but many things. And um, so last week when it was really cold, Judah was really excited. He looked outside. There was snow finally. And, and he's like, Daddy, I want to go play in the snow. So Brad was really excited about that. He had some time. So he, he got his boots on and his coat. And that's about the time when I came into the situation. And I'm looking at Judah looking outside, knowing that it's really cold. It was like one of those windshield days when it was like below zero. And, uh, and we knew that he was not going to take no for an answer, but I realized he just had like flimsy little pants on. And, it, and so I said, okay, I'm going to go find the snow pants. So I dig out the snow pants. And um, so I'm taking off his boots to put on the snow pants, and I realized he doesn't have socks on. And he has a T-shirt on. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get some socks, and then we're going to get this sweatshirt on. So I get him fixed up. We put his coat on. We get little gloves for him. And then just as they're about to go out the door, Brad's already frustrated because this took like 15 minutes for me to get all this stuff together. And Judah's like walking like, you know, he's really bundled up. And I'm like, wait, wait, we have to find a scarf. So I run back, and I get this scarf, you know, and okay, Dad. You know, like he's just, he looks like a little snowman. And um, Brad was a little frustrated with me, but I couldn't bear the thought of my two-year-old going out into the cold without socks on, you know? <laughs> you know? And, and, but isn't that the way that we think, right? So the way that we protect is in that to-do list. But if we are given to fear, that gift that God has given us can very quickly turn into control. Mm. It can turn into anxiety. Mm. And so going back to if we know who we really are, that we are loved by God, then when we are in our castle and we're getting things uh, going the way they need to go, we have to not allow fear to grip us and control us. Because can you imagine how it feels when other people are around us when we're controlling and we're like, it has to be this way. Those <laughs> thoughts like, 
you know, he doesn't know how to do it. I got to do it because I do it the right way. Has anyone ever thought that? Or I had another one here. What was the other one? He's not doing enough. Look at this kitchen. He only cleaned the dishes. Or, you know, like it can, it can just go on and on and on um, because we have this to-do list in us. And we can't really separate it from who we are because it's the way we were created. And it has amazing um, purpose in this world. But if we are given to fear, it can be, become twisted and our relationships suffer from that. And so I want to encourage us not only to remind ourselves, oh, Jesus loves me and I receive his love. And as I receive his love, I'm able to love. But also that we would say, God, here's my to-do list today. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to start yelling. If I'm, maybe I'm talking about myself here. Uh, <laughs> if I'm not careful, I'm going to burst into tears because it's overwhelming. Lord, I give you this list because everything on this list is important and my family needs all these things. My coworkers need all these things. This organization that I volunteer for needs all these things. The school needs all these things. It could go on and on, right? Like we serve in mighty ways. But Jesus wants you to know you never have to serve alone. Because again, he is the warrior and he fights for you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> now, the fun part of us bouncing back and forth is while she's talking, I'm inspired to tell other stories that I didn't have my notes to share. I got a really good one for you. So you're talking about how men and women are different. So just yesterday, we were out in the snow with Judah. I was out in the snow with Judah. He had a winter coat on. He's good. He had jeans and Crocs on, and he's kicking the snow. Like, he, he, was, he was ready to go, right? Like, that, that's all men thinks about. Men and think about the big thing. This is, this is a time I have to apologize to my son, Isaiah, because I may have scarred him for life. We lived in, we, uh, we lived in Cedar Rapids, and uh, we were coming home from swimming. And I had to run to hy V to grab something. I think he was like six or seven. All he got on his swimming trunks. We've got to run into high V, so I've got to find something else to throw on him. I'm digging through the car. All I can find is a pink tank top that says, I'm the middle sister. <laughs> it's all I can find. So I threw it on him, grabbed some shoes. We're good to go. We went in high V, okay? I don't know how many times I looked at my kids. Don't you dare tell your mom about this, okay? If you want to keep rolling with dad, this is between you and me, Okay? Because men see things differently than women do, don't we? So, warriors. God has given us someone to protect. He's given us a kingdom to, to advance. But he's also given us a battle to fight. And here's what I want us to talk about today. was That I believe that when we understand this principle, it's so important. A distracted warrior is a destructive warrior. When we get distracted, because there's, there's a warrior within all of us. And when we start fighting for the wrong things in the wrong way, we become destructive. And we think, and we end up, we win a battle, but we lose a war. And so that's what I want to challenge the men with today is be careful in how you fight and what you're fighting for. You don't have to suppress that fighter. You don't have to suppress that warrior. But fight for the right things in the right way. And so a thought that I've been challenged with is every time I collide with my wife or every time I collide with my kids, I ask myself, am I fighting to be right or am I fighting for relationship? Because I can fight to be right. But what I really want to fight for is relationship. Because I could win this battle and I could lose the war. 
Because God has given us a battle to fight. He's given us a battle to fight, but we better fight it in the right, in the, for the right things in the right way. And so here's another scripture verse that I want to challenge you men with. Is, this, is, this is David. This was a psalm that he wrote. You know what psalms are? Songs that they sang at the temple. Again, imagine if our worship sounded like this. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. David was a man's man. David, the guy who became famous for fighting Goliath, you know that guy at 17? But I think we get it all wrong when it comes to David. We think that somehow David was fighting for his own ego or his own will. No, he was fighting, you know why? Because he saw himself rightly. He saw himself as a warrior king, and he saw his kingdom being threatened. And David was willing to go out and risk his life for his kingdom, for the ones that he loved. He was willing to go out and lay down his life because no other man would stand. Every other man was being passive. Every other man on the battlefield, even the king said, Goliath, no, I can't do it. And David said, bring it on. I'll take him. God's on my side. He was willing to lay down his life. And men, we have got to fight for the right things in the right way. We have a battle to fight, for, have a battle to fight but the battle is actually the battle to lay our life down for the ones that we love. It's not to suppress them to get them to serve us. The battle that we fight is that we would be willing to lay down our lives for the ones that we love. And so that's the battle that I get up to fight for every day. Am I getting up to say, all right, how can I serve my bride today? How can I serve my family? How can I serve others today? What am I fighting for? I want to fight to be a warrior king who's fighting for the right things in the right way and learning how to fight alongside my bride against an enemy instead of fighting against each other. Because men, because that's what we tend to do. We tend to fight against the wrong things. We fight against authority, or we fight against our spouse, or we fight against our kids, or we fight against so many different things. Because why? Because there's a fighter inside of us. Why do you think men want to watch football in ultimate fighting? Because there's a fighter inside of us. And again, we don't need to suppress that. We need to channel it in the right direction and fight for the right things in the right way. God has called men and women to be warriors, but we do this differently. And now I succeed back to my bride. All right. So queens, can I, can I woo, woo, queens? Okay. <laughs> um, in Ephesians 6, 10, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, now listen to this, is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. All right, ladies, so we have a battle to fight. We have a cause to live for, and... I would say that cause is our family, is our friends, um, because we're called to love. So those relationships mean everything to us. Um, but I want to encourage us today that we have to recognize that this battle, that there is a battle, but it's, it can be fought with weapons that are not of this world. Um, in Ephesians 6, in high school, I, m I memorized all the full armor of God because I had just become a Christian, and it was so hard 
to stand for my faith at school. Um, there was just a lot of people that would just um, intimidate me or make fun of me or remind me of who I used to be a month before, <laughs> you know, and it was so hard. So I, I, every day I'm like, I put on the full armor of God. I put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, you know, and I went through the whole thing because I had to remind myself that there was a battle, but the Lord, Jehovah Milkamah, the warrior was going to help me and he's going to help you. He is going to help us every day that we wake up in the morning and we already sense that there's going to be a battle because maybe in the house um, there's some moods or when we get to work there's some moods or when we get to school we feel this temperature of negativity around us. Um, and so how do we fight with these kind of weapons that are not of this world? It begins on our knees. That, that seems so easy and yet it's so hard. It's so much easier. When you wake up in the morning and you're already late, it's hard to, to bend a knee. But I want to encourage us. We're starting a new year, and this can be a year like none other. This can be a year of victory. Whether you're a teenager, you're in your 20s, your 30s, um, you have grandchildren, you know, this can be a year where we begin to, to remind ourselves, I'm not going to listen to the ugly words that come to me. I'm going to start to lean into what the Lord, my God, who loves me so much, what he says about me. And he says that I'm loved. He says that I'm free. He says that he created me to be a daughter of the Most High God, to be a co-heir with Christ. To be a leader, not a, a follower. And he created me with a voice. He created me with a tender heart that can change the world. I'll tell you, when I feel like I have a cause, I pretty much will do anything for that. Fearlessly. And, and then afterwards, I'm tired, and I'm like, was it even worth it? I mean, Brad knows this, right? Um, <laughs> so yesterday... Over at the school, they had their um, large group speech contest, and I helped with that. And so I was there early, and it was, you know, I stayed to the very end, and um, I came home, and I was tired last night, and I was like, is it really worth, worth it? But then I started to think about the students that I'm, <laughs> that I have this opportunity to encourage, and that gets my heart. Because, again, it's, it's people. We are created to love. And so last night, I, I was just, like, messaging all the kids that I had been working with, like, great job today. I was so proud of you. And, again, I just felt like the battle is worth it. And maybe today you need to hear that. I don't know what your battle is. But maybe you're tired right now, and, and it, you have a temptation to give up. You have a temptation to um, just complain about it, um, to start gossiping, whatever it is. Today, girls, God is able to do more than we could think or imagine. And he needs us to be strong. 
strong in the way that he created us. And it's okay to cry because I cry all the time. And I just realize I got to embrace it. I just do that. But he wants us to be strong and to be able to tell other people why he's real. All around us, there are people that are, are dying without a hope. The suicide rate in America has just skyrocketed in recent years. But I'll tell you one thing. For those kids that I messaged yesterday I, and last night, I just thought, hey, I'm going to pray for them. I'm just going to pray for each one of them. Not on my watch. That's a cause I'm, I'm worth, I, I just feel is worth fighting for yeah. in my own heart. Not on my watch. That's good. And so, ladies, there's something fierce in us. Yep. Yeah, yes, maybe we're tenderhearted, okay? Um, maybe there are a lot of things in us that appear to be soft, but there's also a strength yep. that is God-ordained, that he put in our hearts. And so, can we just stand together today, all of us? Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and we're just, we want to pray over you before we close and um, I'm going to just pray over the ladies, and then... Um, I'm going to ask the worship yeah, team to come yeah. up, if they would. And uh, one final point I want to give you before we, before we pray over you is God has created men and women very, very differently. And there's three options. We can try to downplay those differences and act like they're not there. We can disdain those differences. We've spent a lot of time in our marriage disdaining those differences. Ah, we're so different. Ah. Or we can just put those differences on display and appreciate that about each other. Because that's when, I, when I'm in my right mind, <laughs> God, thank you that she's so much different than I do. Because when you brought us together, our strengths and our weaknesses actually complement each other. And so whether you're married or not, men, you have women in your life. Whether you're married or not, women, you have men in your life. And it's time for us to put those differences on display and learn how to use those in a God-honoring way. And so we do. We want an opportunity to, to pray over you, a blessing. But then I also want to give an opportunity for anybody who would like to maybe come forward for prayer. Maybe you're a couple here today, and maybe you've been struggling through that. Maybe you've tried to downplay your differences, or maybe you've disdained your differences, and maybe there's a breakthrough for you today as a couple. And I want to give that opportunity for prayer. But we do. We want to pray a prayer of blessing. I, I'm going to ask Diane to pray over the ladies. I'm going to pray over the men. But then we also do want to give an opportunity for anybody who'd like to be prayed for. So Diane, go ahead and pray over the ladies. All right. So Lord, I thank you for every queen in training right now in this room. God, I come against every lie that we have believed. That we are less than. We're not strong enough. And that we're unloved. I come against that right now in the, in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that you would again remind us of your great love, that you are running after us, that you sing songs of deliverance over your daughters, that you desire more than anything to take away our shame, to bring beauty from ashes, the oil of gladness in the place of despair and to crown us with a mighty crown of glory. 
So I pray over every one of my sisters right now, Lord God, that you would reach into their hearts and that God, for the brokenness, Lord, that you would just begin to whisper over them, I love you, I love you, I love you. I am giving you the strength to forgive today. So Lord, I just pray for that, God, your great love over each one. Father God, I pray over the men in this room. God, I thank you for the strength that you've given them as men to be warriors, to be kings, to be godly leaders in their homes and their workplaces. Father God, I pray, Lord, that they may be baggage from the past, from a poor example of what a man looks like. But God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you give them everything they need for life and for godliness. You give them everything they need to lead in a way that honors you, to fight for the right things in the right way. I bless every man in this room, and I bless every marriage in this room. Father God, I pray that you would just help us to continue to put our differences on a display in a way that honors the Father God. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing one final song together, and I do want to give that opportunity. So I'm going to ask leadership, uh, board members, wives, community group leaders, and their, and their spouses, like, if you want to join us up here at the front, because I just want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. If, if something we said that it connected with you and, and that you need a breakthrough in your heart today, I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to come forward and receive prayer? We're going to sing one final song together, and um, I just want to give you that opportunity for prayer. And, and if at any point you need to slip out, I want to give you that permission, but we're just going to sing one final song. If you'd like to come and receive prayer, I want to give you that opportunity. If you were impacted by this sermon or if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Community Hope on Facebook and Instagram or at our website, communityhope.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next week. Hope has